All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 242 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. It is... It's too early on a Saturday morning, but here we are. <laughs> well, for you, it's early. For me, it's... You know, 10:30, but uh, you know, I, I don't get a lot of sleep anyway, so I'm one of those people. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and uh, okay, okay. Well, obviously, uh, we've got, I've got Andy joining me today, and we're just going <laughs> to recap a few things that Andy's been involved in, Andy's done. It's an Andy episode. It's an Andy <laughs> no, world. We just all no, live in no, it. No, 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 no. Don't say that, because then you're going to get people yelling. Oh, I hate that guy. Oh my God, he's going to let him take over. Blah blah blah. You know. Uh, uh, we, yeah. Well, where you well, go? It, well, I mean, well, first of all, a message to those people who maybe don't like you, who you've just mentioned, uh, turn off now because now you know what we're doing and we're going to have a nice long chat. And if you're not into it, that's cool. We don't mind. We're going to still have our chat regardless. So, uh, you know, let's talk about some of the things because I saw you in New York, obviously, for the Madison Square Garden show and you had yeah. done the night before in Boston. Um, had you done any other shows around there as well? Did you yeah, do uh, yeah, we uh, yeah, uh, basically, uh, we did, uh, uh, four shows in six days. Uh, uh, we decided to go, uh, may- maybe some people do know or don't know is that I had set up some kind of like events, you know, right before, you know, a gathering, I'm just called it like the old day, uh, you know, gathering of people, you know, you know, people around and, uh, basically contact some local bars and stuff and ask them if they like an invasion of kids fans, just come and hang out and you're going to make a lot of money at the bar, you know, drinking, eating, whatever. And basically, uh, the bar said, yes, I, uh, Jeff and I, <clears throat> Had set up uh, Jeff Hawkins, my good buddy from Washington. Hey, Jeff. Uh, uh, basically, had set him up, and uh, we originally had set up. I uh, actually, I had originally set up Boston because that's where you know from around from around. And Jeff says, "Hey, man, let's do one in New York for the hell of it too." I said, "Okay." So we started contacting some bars, and it was an Irish rock bar, basically right across from the Hotel Pennsylvania on that on that sh- that street there. And I uh, was contact on it, and they like, and then they disappeared. They like shut down. You're like, oh my god, what now we're gonna do? And I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, the next bar was the Stout, flagship Stout, and um, when the expo there with the one with Peter was there, uh, Six Man had a uh, a meeting for people who were going on the cruise downstairs in that bar, and I, so we contacted them, and they they just like jump right on. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll let you have the downstairs. Have, and oh my god, insane. <laughs> so, anyways. Um, uh, Kim and I decided uh, it was her weekend off from uh, work, and we don't work Fridays, the two of us. So we're like, hey, man, Kiss is playing down on Long Island. Yeah, let's take a shot. Let's go down on Long Island. So I was like, okay. We, and I contacted a bar called The Hurricane, which is about a mile away from the arena, and they just jumped on within seconds email. Sure, come on, come on. So I saw, and I'm like, oh, cool. So uh, we said, we would go down there, hang out, and I made stickers. Uh, actually, I have a couple right in front of me. That's just, I, I, and it, I had made them for like everywhere. Whoop. It said like, uh, you know, I was there, uh, Boston, and it has the date on it, and I made one for Long Island, uh, New York City, and basically we just sat at a table. We're like giving them out free, and uh, so in Long Island, we did this place at the Hurricane. I was so happy. I walk into the bar, and they had a blanket hanging. And it had one of those LED kiss signs. And it said, they're going to get raffle them off for free. And I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. And then it said, free shots. They'll get everybody free shots. I'm like, wow, this is nuts. And I only set this up within a week and a half. I didn't even know about it. We just walked in. And they end up being like probably, I don't know, 
maybe like 75 of Kiss fans, you could tell, and then it was from regular pay because, uh, you know, uh, the basketball thing was going on too. But they loved it, and they wanted me back. They liked this, and I'm like, I don't even know if they're coming back. It's the first time I've ever been here. And if anybody had saw, uh, which I won't give out addresses or anything, uh, just to be respectful for now. I know people will find it sooner or later and stuff. Uh, also, I I took Kim on a journey. <laughs> we uh, I found uh, where Jean's mother is buried. Uh, they don't have the the headstone yet. It takes six to eight months or nine months, but the thing is there. The family's there, so uh, she's you know find out where she's uh, buried and also find out where she lived uh, for thirty years because when I went there and the day was kind of cold, rainy, it was really raw, and we went to the house, but you know we respectful, we stay away from the house. Uh, and a guy came out next door, a neighbor came out, and he started talking to me. He was a nice guy. And I said, uh, I didn't want to make any problems and stuff. We were just here. We just found out who this, we just found out who this house was this week. And I just wanted, wanted to come down and just show without really showing, you know. And uh, the guy says, oh, no, she was a great lady. She lived here for 30 years. And, and we were friends for 18 years. So the guy was telling me, he, but he did say that, you know, they had cleaned out the house and stuff and stuff like that. And there were a couple of cats uh, roaming around. So they could be uh, her cats. I don't know. Uh, and then we decide to leave and a woman opened the door and came to the door and was calling for the cat. So I don't know if they had somebody like watching the house or with some relative. I don't, I don't know. So anyways, that was kind of fun. And then I dragged him to, uh, anime and Animeville. Jeez. I can't even say if I say that right. Animeville. Uh, thank you. Uh, uh, where the old Daisy was, it's not there anymore. It's just a parking lot to a bank. So, and also right around the corner down there is the the original Amityville Horror House that the the guy, you know, he he killed all six of his, you know, mother, the, the wife, and the, and all the kids. So he killed six people with the guns and stuff or a gun, and then went up the street around the corner, which was a bar, but now it's a, a fish and chip place. And he went hanging out with his buddies, drinking. And he's like, hey man, I can't get in touch with my family. He basically he literally slaughtered them. Walked up the street. And he started sitting at the bar, started drinking. Uh, crazy. And so uh, the movie's based on that house. The house has changed because they were sick of people, like, you know, the day the movie was released, going down there, hanging out. The people, you know, the original owners, they were getting sick of people, so they changed the windows and stuff. But the 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 air, the thing outside, like the little balcony and the side, you can tell it's definitely the, the house, and it's a little street, and you can't park there. You can't park anywhere on that whole street. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, it's right there. So it went by kind of quick, and... You know, they didn't do the movie there. They did the movie. They basically based that house on it, and they moved it to – made a read thing over in New Jersey and did it somewhere in New Jersey. I'm sorry. I don't remember the name off the top of my house where they did in New Jersey, but that was that. So, I mean, we were kind of in the area, and then we drove back, and then, like I said, we did the party. Uh, I had only stickers there. Did that. Went to the show. Stayed overnight. I'm glad I stayed overnight because, you know, long travel and traffic and everything. doesn't seem that far, but it's far enough. And then uh, on the way back, uh, it's about a four-and-a-half to five-hour, depending on the traffic. We stopped in Connecticut because Kiss was playing in Mohegan Sun, right. uh, it, and it was sold out. And I'm like, man, I didn't get any tickets because we were going on the Kiss cruise. We bought the Boston ones. I'm like, ah, I'll get something. They were gone. So anyways, we got there. I stood in line for about two and a half hours on a wait list line. You know, all the tickets that might get kicked back. And then somebody walked by. A lady walked by. Kim sat down in a different area, and somebody said, oh, I got comp tickets. Bingo. That's, there, this, there it is. Take them. Thank you. <laughs> I'll take them. And the funniest story is that the funny thing about that whole thing is that we had 12th row in Long Island and a balloons, you know, the balloons that drop, you know, mm-hmm. the, the hard to get balloons. I don't know, it was 12 or 16 of them. I, something, somebody counted 12 or 16. They didn't they had some silver ones that had nothing on it that yeah, they would just that, drop for fun. That, that, of, course, that's that's of, of course, the one that I got. 
you know. Is that like a joke or something? Is somebody's playing games with that. Oh, I don't know. It's kind, I, of, it's you know, kind of funny. Maybe it's just an extra one, but you know, of yeah. course, Julian ends up with a silver one with nothing on it. And you popped it, right? Did you just it, get rid of it? No, it exploded in my face. Oh, jeez, that's nice. Yeah, I had a sharp, so, I had a sharp nail, and I grabbed it, and oh, yeah. So we were in a twelfth row, and so we, you know, we're like on the edge before that big aisle there. So that's why we were on more on the Tommy side, but on the aisle going towards the middle. So, anyways, a black one came our way, and I went up to grab it because it was in my reach. I had it, and I started bringing it down. And when I got to about, you know, about to here, the guy right next to me punches it out of my hands. What do you think happens? What the f- are you thinking, dude? And the guy just went, <gasps> and he like shrank, shrank down. I'm like, serious? Are you serious? And the guy, like, uh, you know, I mean, he might probably just like one of those guys who never saw a kiss. I'm just going to come see it. and I'm going to punch the balloon. I was just like, oh, my God, you know. So anyways, uh, we're like, that's that, you know. You know? But uh, so we go. So now we skip to like Connecticut, right? So here we are in Connecticut behind the soundboard, like straight across, but up. And, I'm, and I videotape. If you see on my Facebook page, I videotape. Do you love me? And the balloon's going off. And I'm like, Kim, there's no way a balloon's going to. Next year, a black one kind of comes away about 10 feet. And she goes to grab it. She's turning. She's trying to grab it. You know, Kim, she's small. She's not even five feet tall. She's trying to reach 10 feet. She thinks she could, you know, super arms to reach. She's not going to reach it. Next year, I see a white one, and I stop recording. And this guy goes to punch the white one, and he spins it. And people laugh at him. He goes to hit it again. It spins. The next guy in front of him hits it. It spins. I'm like, this is nuts. I said, I'll hit it. I went to go like this, reach up to go punch it. And I grabbed it. Thank you. <laughs> Pull it down. I go, Kim, look. She turns around, and the thing's like this massive. You know, the things are big. And she's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And, of course, you flip it over, and it happens to be, you know, it's a Paul one, too. She was even kind of cooler, you know, for her. I'm like, here you go. And it got confetti all over it. But I couldn't get it untied. So all the rest of the show, I'm, like, standing there. And I'm like, man. And then, of course, the show ends. I'm walking around. I'm, like, out of steam going, man, somebody's going to pop this song. And I'm, like, looking around to make sure nobody would do anything. People are laughing. Even one of the security guy going, you can't take that, sir, out of the building. I'm like, what? And the guy goes, that's laughing, you know? <laughs> That is so funny. I love that. Yeah, I was like, "What?" Any guy, guys? No, 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 no. Go ahead. So, anyways, we, we, I was like, you know, seriously. And, and so, because I was so much in a frame of mind, man, I just got to get this out of here without getting crushed. And of course, when you get out of here, you're in a casino, and there's still tons of people walking around. I'm like, with a big giant balloon. So, the first time we've ever parked, like in the place but outside and it was cold and windy and i got a giant balloon with confetti so now we open it like a vacuum and i'm like oh my god i'm trying to get to the car and i'm like i'm like please open the trunk (laughs) she opens the trunk and i'm like hon it's not gonna fit in the trunk are you serious i'm like oh my god so i started moving i didn't have much stuff and glad but i'm like pull this down thing we got it in without popping it and then we so we go to we get home so now we get home uh I get it home and I can't get it in the back door. It's too big to fit in the back door. I'm like, we gotta go through the front door. I'm like, cause my back door is a little bit small from the older days than the newer days. Uh, so I get in the front door. So now it's still sitting there, inflated, still sitting there. <laughs> so it's still up. And then the next day was Sunday. Sunday was just, you know, uh, the, the Scots, uh, the guys from uh, Scotland came in because they're going to go to the Boston show and New York show. So they flew into Boston. And then they want to come check out my house. And I say, hey, stay tonight. So basically they got a flew in, uh, dropped their bags at their hotel in Boston. I told them, why would you even get a hotel? But anyways, they got a hotel for the two nights. 
they jumped on the train and then I picked them up and brought them to the house and they stayed all night. And I had picked up Jeff and Denise from, you know, Washington. They flew in. I picked up in, them in Boston earlier in the day, uh, like 4.30 in the traffic there. And they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I picked them up. Yeah, 10 minutes. I said, I'll be there in 10 minutes. I was waiting for them. Oh, I'll be there in 10 minutes. An hour later. That's how much traffic there is in Boston in the areas to get to the airport to pick up people. And then, um, you know, they came. We hung out. And then all of a sudden, um, they said, they said, hey, on Monday, man, can you take us to Gloucester? And I'm like, dude, Gloucester? That's like on the other side of Boston for an hour. It's like an hour and a half drive. Not that it's bad, but I said, we have to get on the right side of traffic. They're like, where do you want to go? Uh, they, they wanted to go to, um, what's that? Uh, uh, Wicked Tuna. Thank you. The Wicked Tuna. They wanted to see where it was filmed and stuff like that. So I brought them there, and one of the boats was there. And I don't know. He said the guy, the guy that's the jerk, I guess, about on the on the thing. I don't I don't know the show that well. Yeah, I, I don't so watch I, it. But for anyone who who doesn't know what Wicked Tuna is, it's basically tuna fishing uh, off the coast yeah. and all the drama that comes of running a yeah, business fishing boat and uh, you know all that. Yeah. Yeah, and we and we talk like this, you know, as you some people can understand that this is, and so there there is even worse than mine. <laughs> You know, the New England accent, you know. Well, I'm pretty sure that when it came to accents that weekend, if you compared yourself with the Scots. I'm used to them now from all the Kiss Cruises, so I'm used to them. So yeah. I'm used to, I actually can understand them, except for uh, uh, when they all talk together at the same time. That's when it gets confusing. When they all start talking to you at the same well, time. I'll... Let me just give you a quick story on Scottish <laughs> accents. When I when I moved back to Glasgow in 1992, I got a job down in Clydebank uh, working in a McDonald's, and I had to quit after a day because I couldn't understand a bloody thing anyone was saying in Clydebank. Oh, and obviously it was, uh, it was industrial dock and all that, oh. and uh, I could, I could could not process and i i just look in shame i went to the churchyard where my grandmother's buried in glasgow and just uh with pure shame looked down i'm sorry i don't understand what our people are saying <laughs> but uh <laughs> you know after after a year you know i was working uh, in in port glasgow which was down the ways from there and had no problem with the accent but just that one time could not understand a bloody word so okay back to you yeah it's okay it's okay uh, so, you know, uh, you know, and, and, um, I have a friend who's, you know, it's got diabetes and he's going blind and which is, you know, it's a sad thing. And he needed help. He needed to be picked up the room in the train cause he had to go to go into Boston to, uh, for doctors and stuff like that. But, you know, I'd picked him up too. So now I have a bunch of people over the house and we're all like kind of ripping it up and having a great time on, um, on Monday night and everything else. And then, uh, you know, um, you know, my, my good buddy, uh, Jeff Hopkins and his wife, uh, got the call. Jeff's dad has been really sick, and they had already made plans to come to Boston to go to the shows. It was on a like bucket list to kind of go. Well, people say bucket list to go to New York City, you know, and stuff like that. And and then uh, Jeff got the call. His dad was really not doing well, so Jeff and Denise had to fly home on Monday. Yeah, basically Tuesday morning, which is basically. Uh, you know, I had to get up, like, you know, I'll get up like 3 a.m. here and drive them back into Boston. So they had to go back home to, you know, to uh, to go see his father. And, uh, you know, it's it's, it's you know, I, I was bummed. He was bummed. Denise was bummed. It was like a whirlwind and it just kind of hit like a rock, you know. But, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things you got to do, you know, you got to. Yeah, what else? No, what else can you do? There's it's, no, there's, there's no choice, you know. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a, you know, it's your dad. You know, you only got one mom and one dad, and he's he was you know he's really close to his, you know his parents and stuff. And uh, I don't I you know it's it's it, it was bummer, but uh, 
you know, had to fly home. You know, that's that's the way it goes. So that people were asking, where's Jeff and where's Jeff? And at first, I didn't really uh, want to say much or say stuff. He just say that he couldn't make it and stuff like that. But, uh, uh, you know, shout out to Jeff. I hope he doesn't get upset with me. I don't think he will now. But now that it's out there that, uh, you know, uh, basically Jeff's dad waited for him. I mean, Jeff's dad was really, really had got sick. And uh, Jeff's dad basically waited for him to get home fly the six seven hours back to washington state to go visit him before he passed away he basically held on until jeff and denise got there and he opened his eyes and held his hand and it, it was just you know sur- surreal you know so uh you know you know I, it, that's crazy man you know all that world run fly here and have to fly back do all that stuff missing everything i i mean it, it just you know I just, you know, I was a good buddy. I love you, buddy. I love you, Denise. I love you, Jeff. And, you know, and that's why they weren't around for the parties and the shows and stuff like in Boston or New York. So, and that's and that's you know. absolutely devastating. But he didn't miss a thing. He made it back for his dad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's so it's he, a bigger he, he, bigger he thing. He didn't miss out on anything. He was yeah, where yeah. he needed to be. Yeah. And that that's just horrible to happen to anyone. But you know, yeah. that that is our life. And just I guess be thankful that he made it back in time because. Yeah. Uh, you know. Things can change in an instant, as they say. You know, you don't realize it until they do. So, uh, so anyways, uh, not to be able to be, you know, doing us, but uh, we'll move on here for a sec. Uh, so, anyways, like I said, I had made, we had made stickers. I made stickers of the guys' faces, you know, little icons and stuff, and passed them out at the tables, Kim and I, and stuff like that. And I also made, uh, I know, I know, I think I had showed these before. I had made a poster and pin set for a charity uh, for Boston and New York because I know we were going to do them and. Uh, I basically took like the old pen, the I was there pen from like the seventies and kiss in the background were really, really faded. But I put like, you know, I put the, uh, it says, you know, one says Boston with the date on it like that. And then I did the, basically the same thing for New York. And I did, uh, basically I did 50 sets for Boston and I did a hundred for New York. And the poster says I was there has the bar name and stuff like that. I'm not going to go pull it out now. Uh, stuff like that. And, uh, we did for charities like 10 bucks for both of them. You know, I thought I was going to wipe out and basically they'd be gone, but they didn't. So if anybody's still interested, just you can contact me and work something out and get them shipped to you because I still have some stuff left over. Um, uh, the money. So basically it would come down. It was made like $125 for Breast Cancer Research Foundation. And I sent the check in uh, yesterday and I posted it on the two event pages. And my, I didn't put it on my own page. Did I put it on my own page yet because it's been a whirlwind. But uh I posted on the event pages that were, whoop, that were set up for the thing. So just to let everybody know, we did a, I did a bank check and stuff just to prove it. And you know, on be on behalf of the Kiss Army, it's written on the check and stuff like that. So you know, any, anything helps. You know, I mean, that's you got to give back. You know what I mean? They say, Absolutely. They, and know, con- comes around, goes around. They say, you know. Congratulations on doing something positive. Yeah, just, you know. Yeah, just trying to have fun. You know, you know, like everything else is fun. And uh, like I said, I do have some extra posters and some extra pins. If anybody's really interested, just send me a PM through Facebook. You know, that's why I'm kind of just doing it that way, easy stuff. And uh, so we did that. And so uh, we had I, w- I want to talk about Stout because – Yeah, for, for, so so anyway, so for, we got to do the Boston because we went to Boston first. So we went to Boston. So we went to Shaw, Boston, and, of course, hometown. And I I thought the crowd was really good. The place was pretty packed. Uh they didn't say sold out, but I mean, I know the place holds a lot of people. It's not a small arena, and I thought it was a really good crowd for that time of, you know, it's a weekday show. It's on a Tuesday. Uh, I'm not making excuses, but uh, I thought it sold really well. I know the place is pretty packed. I don't know. You, you, you've been good with the numbers, haven't you? 
I haven't seen the numbers for the Boston. Do no, you have that? There's no numbers yet. It holds a maximum capacity of 20,000. More than likely, it would be between two-thirds and 75% of that with staging and everything. So, you know, 16, 15, 16,000 would be good if it sold out, but it could be as low as 13, depending on I, factors. I, yeah. I would say a good – I mean, I, I know when they play hockey, they say, oh, like 17,000, almost 18,000 in that place playing hockey. So, I mean, you know, it's not a small arena, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it was packed and it was pretty, uh, rowdy. I thought it was really, everybody was really into it. And we can, we can get into that about the, the crowds and what do you think about the shows and different, mommy, you had asked me, we had talked about this. Um, so anyways, did the, uh, Boston one. And then by the time I got home from Boston, oh my God, it was like 2 a.m. in the morning. And Kim and I basically had to be back on the road. I had to get up at 3 or 3.30 to be in Hartford, Connecticut, to get on the train to go to New York City. <laughs> so we got on there, got down there, got on the train, took the nice three-hour ride. It was a nice ride. The train was nice, nice comfortable seats. I mean, we had a, we had a good time just chilling out with us. And it's good not to not to drive to, to a certain point. And, of course, we got into New York City and – getting in of course it's 9 30 in the morning of course you can't get into hotel pennsylvania that place is a zoo that hotel's a zoo it's convenient but that place sucks as in trying to get into your room anytime early and they are very very slow i think they have like what two people working and it's like a hundred people standing in line it's ridiculous and they kept saying oh come back at 12 but anyways as soon as, as soon as we put our stuff downstairs in the dungeon to uh, and they keep in a good good guys and stuff and they take care of your stuff your luggage if you want to hold it we come out of the elevator and Bingo! Who's the first piece in the person I meet coming out of the elevator? <laughs> you! <laughs> and what do you say? What are you doing? I don't know. What are you doing? Let's go take a walk. So you take it from there. Like, go yeah, ahead and you talk. Yeah, and I don't want. Yeah, I've recapped that whole walk in the other in another yeah, episode, so you know people can catch up on that. But that was so much fun hanging with you. George's. You want to go to George's? George's. Georgios. Sarge's. <laughs> <laughs> like, I knew it was something. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about, Andy? I'm trying to, I'm trying to pull up Paul's book on my phone uh, to search through the manuscript on it. And isn't that crazy that Kim had the photo from that Peter Expo? How long is that? Like three years ago. I mean, she's got so many photos on her phone. I'm like, please, you got to download those somewhere on Google. Just go see. Aren't you glad to get rid of it? I'm yes, like, oh, yes, we are. On that one, no, know? we are glad that that she had it because <laughs> I, yeah. you know that was a pretty weird uh, you know diner to go eat in. I mean, you know, it, it, yeah, Paul was there and it had a lot of connection. Again, we we've explained why we went there um, because Paul went there after his 1977 December uh, sold out Madison Square Garden show on his own when everyone else was out after show partying. He's alone, so you know that's the connection with that place why we went there. But you know, yeah, food wasn't that great. Um, it was okay, nothing nothing yeah. spectacular. No, no, I know, yeah, nothing next week. But the weirdest thing, I think the weirdest thing out of only not just only that he was there is that. The walls, as you remember, you saw the walls. There's famous people who've been there. There's tons of them, and there's not one picture of them on the wall. You know what I mean? And so imagine that. The guy's there. Paul's there. He's eating, and he's probably been there more than once, and there's not one picture of him on the wall because he's got to be incognito all those years. Isn't that crazy when you think about it? Yes. They're like, you, you had like one, you had the biggest one, of the biggest rock and roll stars in the world in the early in the seventies. And they probably didn't even know themselves, you know. 
it's like it's so surreal. So that's why I thought it was cool about it. But yeah, like you said, the food was okay. Kim's like, oh, it's a little expensive. I'm like, well, it's New York, you know. Yeah, well, so, Paul, Paul Stanley sitting there eating matzo ball soup. I'm a I'm a rock god. I'm a rock star, and no one knows who I am, and I'm on my own. Yeah, that is kind of weird, but yeah. it is what it is. Yep. So so anyways, uh, we did that, and we finally 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 got in the room. <laughs> At three o'clock, and then uh, you know, showered up quick, and then went next door to the stout. <laughs> so, what do you want to know? Besides, it was packed, well, packed. Well, number one, packed, with, with, with the with the stout, my problem was I didn't know there was a downstairs. I kept saying on the website, there's a downstairs, there's an upstairs, but I didn't even know they had another room. And the not only did they have a downstairs room, they had another downstairs room. And even upstairs is the main bar, and then they had another thing around the corner that was oh, packed. Oh, Jesus. I, mean, the video, that, I was like – That place was a rabbit had... run. I mean it was insane, the amount of yeah. rooms. And I only found out – I was upstairs with uh, Ace Scoble, uh, Scott, Scotty, uh, Love Guns, you know, a bunch of the guys from the FAQ board. Um, and we, we were just there, and then Nibbler showed up and was buying uh, Jägermeisters, and someone bought a scotch, and by that time, I was wrecked. I, I, might, I might have got to meet those guys, and nobody said, hey, I'm this such a – a couple people come and said, hey, my name is – I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. I don't think I ever met Nibbler. That's too bad. I, I love – hey, Nibbler, man, I love your, like, your passion like me and, and, your, and your numbers things. I love it. It's, it's cool, you know? Hell, yeah. I, I, I just – I think it's fascinating, all that stuff. It's very cool. Like I said, you guys – your 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 FAQ website, which with Facebook and all that other stuff, that your thing is still running, and there's still a lot of people on there that love all this stuff. I love it. It's awesome, you know. There's a lot of there's Just, a lot of positive people on there, but if you only focus on the dinks, then that's all you'll see. You know, <laughs> if you look at the good, it's like society. You know, it's just it's just a mirror of society that there are good people, there are bad people, there are people who are anonymous who lurk. There there is you can't paint that whole site with one broad brush any more than you can do that to a type of people by the color of their skin or their religion or what state they live in it, it just doesn't work if you do that it just shows that you're an idiot but getting back to positive things you know i'd been standing in line for the restroom for like 20 minutes upstairs and finally oh, did a, you? a waiter go staff, downstairs <laughs> yeah wait a second there's a bigger bathroom downstairs i mean there was someone who i don't know if they had uh, you know passed out trying to pitch a loaf or something but once we went downstairs i was like i found you and the the guy dressed up as eric car 88 i was just i mean i was so wrecked I, I gotta get a picture with this guy i mean i saw the facebook live after so i'm like oh jesus um but i thought that was so awesome someone as eric carr uh at least i thought he was i hope he was that you know because again by you know after after jaeger and scotch and all uh, those beers i don't usually uh, get that wrecked before a show ever but oh you were wrecked you had uh, a smile on your big face when you came downstairs when I, started, I had just started doing another go live and you were right there in my face i'm like look it's the famous <laughs> I, I, no i was be- You're like i was be- like, i was beyond wrecked um were you really yeah i didn't drink again that night so no, that's funny Actually, I did. I had one at uh, Madison Square Garden when I got there. But it was nuts downstairs. And I mean, you took me off to some tables to meet folks and, and whatnot. And it looked like everyone's having a fantastic time down oh, there. I, I, and I, I, it was wall-to-wall packed. And, yeah. I mean, it was steamy. I mean, it, it was... Yeah. yeah it, was, pe- it was a scene. It, it was, but people didn't, you know, people didn't complain. And, they were, and it actually, there, there were a lot of people come out that, that, that either I didn't know and said hi to us or said, hey, man, this is awesome. Thank you. This is what I had uh, the guy from um, uh, Kiss Nation who plays the Paul. I forget his name. I'm sorry. I'm terrible. 
he gave me, he's like, man, this is awesome. He said, this should have been done years ago. He should, this should be happening every time they're here or, or whatever. He said, this should have been, and I'm like, well, I didn't, you know, this, you know, I, I, whatever, you know? So he goes, this is awesome. This is the way it should be. A bunch of fans getting together, put everything aside, let all the whatever go and just have fun for, you know, the whole night. You know, as Paul says, you know, forget it, put everything aside, just have fun for the night. And, uh, you know, uh, Lady Chris was there. She was selling her books and saying hi to everybody. I didn't and, uh, see her again. I've... She was racing over there. She had a thing up on the wall. I would, you know, anything I felt, I felt bad for her. I mean, she did sell. She said she did good and stuff like that. And hang on. I wish I had a microphone to basically, it would reach all over the place. But you need a microphone? Nah, yeah. Did you see how loud and how much packed that place was? To, to say that, you know, they were downstairs. Uh, and Richie Fontana was there too, which, you know, the Richie does not come out that much. You know, he's, yeah. you know, kind of reserved and very quiet. Great guy, though, man. Great, great guy. And he had his CDs and some stuff. He was taking pictures and saying hi to people. And then uh, all of a sudden, uh, uh, Robbie, Co- Co- I say his name, Cote, Conte, Robbie Conte showed up and tapped me on the shoulder. Hey, how's it going, Andy? I'm like, hey, Robbie. You know, that's why I said I wish I had a microphone to tell people that these people are here. So I missed him you know? as well. No, sorry, Robert. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking, and next thing I got, a, I got a, like a little bit of a hug behind my back. I'm like, what? And Big John shows up. Big John Hart shows up. I'm like, John, what are you doing here? He goes, well, Kiss is playing here, and you know, this is supposed to be their last, last, you know, thing in New York City, Master Square Garden. I had to be here. I'm like, cool, no way. <laughs> you know, so I mean, you know, there are people coming up and. um and uh, there were a lot of people through, you know, uh, Long Island and Connecticut and everywhere else that I roamed around that people recognized me and say, hey, Andy, great job on being on your, your show and stuff. And, you know, like, hey, you should be on Andy more often. And I'm like, well, I kind of like doing this in a way because if I go to something, I want to be on it and then talk about it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You know, you, could, you're, you're an official Kiss FAQ podcast reporter, dude. <laughs> Because you're actually on on this episode to talk about an event, but we're just talking about the other stuff that we've done oh, lately I, I, as well, which is, yeah, you know, know, if people yeah. are wondering why we're talking about New York and all these other shows again, it's because Andy's organized stuff that was fun at these events, and we had a great time in New York at his party at the Stout, yeah. and, you know... The, it's free, you know, too. We're just having fun for free and just getting people together, have some, have some drinks and beer, and, or drinks, or if you don't want to drink, don't. You hang out and say hi, take photos, whatever. You know, I said, put, put different and I have had, I've had people in the Boston and everywhere come up to and say, "Hey, anyway, thanks for doing this." You know, I, I there are some people who say, hey, "Man, I don't, I don't know anybody." You know, I'm a Kiss fan. I, I don't have anybody hanging around with Kiss fans, and now I'm meeting all you people, and you people are treating me like you knew me forever. And I go, "Well, that's the way it goes here." You know, this, this is what it is. You know, it's it's a it's a unique kind of thing. It's you know? Kiss, it's Kiss Army. You know, just yeah. it is just like a family. There may be a, a grumpy uncle, a crazy aunt. <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, everyone is welcome. So yeah. that's the yeah. great part about it. That's what I enjoy. So, that's what I enjoy about these uh, these get togethers, though. I like them with a little bit less alcohol. You know, someone's someone sticks. <laughs> a scot- yeah, someone sticks no, a scotch in front of my face. What am I going to do? You know, that'd be a, oh, I would have done a, that. I didn't know that. I would have done one when we went to lunch then. That'd be a crime against my. You would have been happy before we got out of, got out of lunch then. I would have, you know. <laughs> Yeah. So, anyways, it was a great time. I thank everybody who came up to me and just thanked us and you know whatever. We had a great time. It was a great time. You know, I said four, four, four shows in six days and with a lot of stuff in between. It was it was pretty crazy, <laughs> but we had a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And um, I know we had talked about some stuff about uh, crowds. You know, um, what did you think, in Master Square God? Mm-hmm. So, 
is that that was the first time you ever been to Madison Square Garden? Was that it? That was the first time I've ever been there, and that was right. be the only time I ever go there. That was uh, that was bucket list material. Yeah, no, that was my fourth time because the first time I went there was a reunion tour. Insane, absolutely insane, crazy. How did it compare to reunion? And I mean, obvi- obviously, there's 20 years, no more than 20 years, separating those two in terms of how your memories may be affected. But from your oh, perception, right now, was reunion bigger? Oh, well, not even, not I'm sh- even close. I'm sure, I'm sure close. the emotions were bigger because it was the reunion and it was the first time in, you know, many was, years that the band had been back together in makeup as well. Plus, yeah. you know, it was much closer then to when you know Kiss had had its heyday at the Madison Square Garden. So, you know, I, I, my money would always have been on reunion being bigger. I mean, reunion. Um, not being measurable against anything that comes after. But, you know, in terms of the stage, I think the stage now and the show is better than the reunion, but the reunion was exactly what it was supposed to be, a hybrid of trying to recollect 1977, whereas the show this year is nothing about that. It's about being the biggest, brashest, brightest, bombastic um, show possible. So they're two different beasts. You almost should, you know, it's almost apples and oranges that you shouldn't compare. But for you, you know, uh, what about the crowd? Was the crowd subdued? Some people have said that the Madison Square Garden um, audience at this show was dead. And I have reasons, my reasons why, and I'm telling you, I'm not looking at a lot of people, you know me, pretty much straightforward. The crowds in, in Long Island, Connecticut and Boston were more into the show than they were in New York. And my reason is why, thinking-wise, is that um, people, people, you know, like New York was on their bucket list, right? Like yourself and Jeff and other people. So we're fans who've been fans for a long, long time. We've seen a lot of shows. We go to a lot of shows. So we were expecting something maybe different in New York, maybe a little something a little more special. I don't know. Um, so a lot of us go, but I seen when Paul would say maybe in Long Island or Connecticut and even in Boston say, Hey, how many times, how many, you know, is this your first time? And a lot, I, you know, a lot of people in those shows were like, yeah. So those people, those new people or their second time seeing kiss, you know, they, they, it's new to them. So they're like, wow. You know, so they were more into it. And that, and that's my, that's my, I think that's my reason. You know, and I think the stage, the stage is like you said, the the three axles, the the fireworks, all the amazing because of technology. Yep. Uh, and I think I understand why the stage is so wide open because probably because of the fire, you know, the fire marshals, fire laws, something. But to me, it looks like it's missing that little piece because now you're they're so far away from that front row. You know, you see see how the stage the stage is so wide. Then you have that pit thing, and then you have the front row. Yep. It's so far from, so I don't think they get the that like really close interaction with the crowd as much. I don't know. That's just my kind of thinking, maybe a little bit in a way. I don't know. But I think most of the reason I just think, who knows though, is that people, a lot of people from all over that have seen Kiss all the time went to Madison Square Garden in hoping something else would happen too. I think. I think people are waiting for maybe a special guest to show up or something like more. 
Yeah, I, I knew a special guest was not going to happen. Oh, I um, so And I wasn't expecting that. Um, I was expecting them to do something special. Now, I know they did the special Madison Square Garden t-shirts and the yes. poster. That's uh, another thing. Which is, really, which is really nice from my perspective that they did those. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Know, I didn't get the t-shirt on the night. I've, you know, and I'm glad Kiss Online's doing a, a second run of those so that I can get one. Uh, I did get the poster. Everyone's heard my drum of how it got destroyed uh, by UPS. But it's up on the wall. It's, it's battle-scarred. It's like my life, you know, my arms and bodies covered with scars and stab wounds. This thing's uh, a mirror of that, and that's fine. But I really think instead of Paul doing that same old, same old rap of how many people is this your first time, that I would have liked them to have just taken a moment to say something a little bit more from the heart. Stop the show and and talk uh, about New York and talk about Eric Carr and talk about the members who aren't there but are there in spirit and in the music and yeah. you know this is our I, I would have liked that but then again then it becomes almost like a funeral in some ways it's it's a yeah, way so yeah. that that would take away from the show but I just would have loved something it's New York City for God's sakes I thought maybe maybe. They would pull out that stage B that you saw in Vancouver for this show in New York City, because it's New York City, Gene and Paul's home. Like, you know, you can't even call it home for them anymore. It's home originally home, but you know they've been California boys for how long now? Mm-hmm. Basically, so long. Um, I thought maybe, maybe, I, I, you know, that my biggest stretch was maybe to pull up that stage B, the one with the whole catwalk for Paul, and because it's New York City. Because I would suspect they would have videotaped it for something maybe in the future, saying, "Look, this is this is you know we're you know originally from our original home, the two of them." But you know, it is what it is. You know, I know people say, "Oh man, it was great." Well, yeah, it was great. It, I'm great not saying it wasn't. It wasn't great. I'm not saying it wasn't great. And my section of audience wasn't dead either. I mean, I had that really loud drunk behind me who was going nuts, yelling political stuff all night. But around us, everyone was into it. We were, you know, it wasn't like a South American crazy. Because no one can match that, or, oh, yeah, or yeah. Mexican crowd. Uh, well, because they don't get even, the shows we get, and then they get it, and they go all nuts. Yeah, or even a German crowd. You know, if you look at Rock Amring and any of the big European festivals where the crowd is actually bouncing. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like 76 doing the pogo all over again. You know, you just don't get that in America. American no. audiences are weird um, mm-hmm. compared to the rest of the world. So, yeah, it's you guys who are weird, not the rest of the world. Um but I thought it was still a very good audience. I thought yeah, it, yeah, it, it but was I just, fun. It just wasn't, you know, I mean, like I said, I, I, comparing a couple of the other shows to that one, it just seemed that the audience was more dead as in, it just, just seemed that way. I don't know why. And it's it's not taking any away from it. There are people like, oh, Andy, because I saw it online. Andy, man, that was, we were having a great, it's not about having a great, there were people having a great time. And I know a lot of people had a great time. It's not that. But I think people, they were waiting for like a little extra punch. The one extra punch saying, if, I mean, really, if this is really that, that was the last show in New York City, then maybe a little extra punch or one extra song or something. I, I don't know. But, anyways, we still enjoyed it. I still love New York City. It was fun to be there. It's always fun to go there, here and there. And, you know, if you've never been there, it's a great place to go. You know, there's a lot of things to cite. Oh, uh, my there are God, logs. there's so much. I mean, if you think of yeah. what we managed to see that day. Oh, we didn't see nothing. nothing. And people and people see these videos. Your your friend did a video. He went to spots. It's, there are so many kiss spots, people. Yep. And, and, they, and they're all over. It's not just like, oh, one little section. They're so spread out 
where they went in cars and you know you know the park i mean, I mean the park is huge i mean there's places and um it, you know i told you the other day you all of a sudden now i'm back into searching for more spots and, and i'm finding more spots and there's another guy with me that's we're finding spots and uh, i told you the other day uh i think we're either really really close or where uh, we got the spot is where the people magazine shot was shot in new york city that's pretty cool you know from this you know so uh hopefully by the end of the next week or something i got it because you know when i ever want to go back there again i, I want to do this stuff it's just it's fun you know Yep. But it, it would take you a long, long time to uh, do a documentary. I mean, I bet you would take a well, year or two. You know, I, I've seen people who've uh, you know stayed in New York since. You know, thinking of Alf uh, was posting on Facebook. You know, stuff other sites that he had gone to related to Kiss, and that was for a good week after the Madison Square oh, Garden show. So you're you're not so going to do many. this. I was there for a day. So, yeah. you know, just going to the easy ones within walking distance of the garden, and we still missed ones that were within walking distance, you know, that we yeah. could have gone to. But, uh, you know, we still had like 10 miles walking that day. So Yeah, it was just, I mean, we weren't even thinking, I didn't realize that you had your Fitbit on. I'm like, we walked about six, seven miles, really? I didn't really re- realize that we did that long, and it didn't feel like long. Because that's why I said, we, it was fun. It was together, you were with other fans yeah, that you knew, and it didn't talking, matter. Hang- it didn't, you know, hanging out on street corners, and yeah, you know that was I what mean, it was about. Yeah, and it's kind of, and I forgot to bring, I forgot to bring the thing to wash the damn pole. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, what do you do? It's like, hey, you know, let me take that photo for you, so you're not doing a selfie when you meet yeah. other fans. You don't know them, but then you've you've all already got a connection with someone, so it's not difficult to say, hey, we're Kiss fans too. Hey, you're a Kiss fan who wants to take your photo for you. Yeah, it's all good. And, okay, yeah. so let's move on from Anyways, New York, yeah, and, yeah, had- and because uh, this episode is actually about. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Maybe, maybe you're gonna be cut it off, and it's uh, not. I, I I will put a little uh, blurb in there. You know, you can cut forward to 41 minutes when we actually get to the topic. Um, but you know what? It, it sometimes happens. It's good to catch up on you and all those things that you did before I actually well, saw you. you. Involved, yeah. We saw you, and saw a bunch of other people. It's always fun. I will say it was fun. so funny when I opened up the elevator, and there you you were Kim are. And like, you probably went, oh no. It's like awesome. Yeah, you were like, you're like, oh no, it's Andy. He's gonna take me everywhere. He's gonna drive me nuts all day. <laughs> I no, no I, we, I was like, awesome. Great, now now there's people you, to hang I out with. A, I had a great time. We were walking the streets. I, I you just, we had a great time. Uh, you know, like I said, we had a great time. Kim, Kim's a great sport. Yep. You know, she's the kiss too, and she likes kiss. She likes music. She doesn't get into all our like little spots, but she had fun with us and stuff like that. And we got our, we got our coffee and, and something to eat and more and more because you got, it was, you know, it's a little chilly. So anyways, it was fun. That's all I can say. It was fun. <laughs> okay, so today's topic is the return of the Comet. Now <laughs> that uh, I've got someone on the show who's actually been to one of the return of the Comet shows, we did interview John Reagan. Thank you again, John. And I still hope to talk to either Richie or Todd uh, now that they've done a couple of shows and just get a feel for them. So Todd and or Richie, you're both. There's an open invite for you, but I will reach out through proper channels, obviously. Um Tell me about the show. Which one did you go to, number one? And uh, I'll, then I'll just let you go. Yeah. Um, I went to uh, – let me see. I, I always say it wrong because they're going to – so anyways, uh, finally I didn't have to take a super, super, super long road trip. I only had to go to Foxborough, Massachusetts, you know, where the Patriots play. I know. We're gonna, I'm not a Patriots fan. I live in New England, but I'm not a Patriots fan. So anyways, uh, I'm not – actually, I haven't watched football in like three years. Ever since the kneel down stuff, I think it's pretty pathetic, and that's all I'm going to say about that. So, anyways, uh, I went to uh, it's called Showcase Live in uh, Foxborough, 
And uh, it was uh, basically Chari. Jeez. Man, I can't even speak today. Can never speak. Most people say I can't speak anyways. Because I speak too fast and I'm like, uh. So Charlie Farron. So if anybody knew Charlie Farron is from Joe Fahrenheit. Joe Perry Project. And the, the Joe Perry Project opened up. Uh, he came out with a guitar just by himself and sing. That guy can still sing. Unbelievable. And he's going to come out with a, he has a CD going to come out. I don't know when, but he was talking about it. He was playing some songs for it. And he was telling some uh, kind of funny stories. It was, it was, he was like a, it was almost like a comedian in a way. And he would play the song, talk about it and be like a comedian at the same time. It was, it was pretty funny. So, um, so it was pretty cool. And then, uh, of course we were there for my, my, you know, the main event. And I have to say, uh, you know, Ace used to live in Connecticut and he would play, you know, and John Regan stuff and up in New York City, but uh, in the in New York area, and um, <clears throat> Richie too. And uh, like I said, Ace lived in Connecticut, so he used to play a lot around here. You know, Providence, you know, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York area. So back in the late '80s, you know, '87, '88, '89, '90, '91, '92, '93, '94. I mean, all all this, you know, into the early '90s that uh, you know Ace really for these Comet and you know all you know all his you know, rolling, rolling, you know, whatever he wanted to call himself. He's really for his going. But last night, man, that was off the hook, man. I'm telling you, that just brought me back in a way to to my mid-80s. You know, it, it what a combination of guys. And I, you, you take me somewhere. Just You got to ask me questions because I, <laughs> it's like, it was a general mission, but they had, um, they had uh, seats and tables going this way. So when you got in, you could sit and wait and hang around, which was cool. And then when they came on, you could, you know, stand up and whatever stuff we're doing. And of course, uh, go to shows and you see the same people all the time, which is cool. You catch up with people if you haven't seen them in a while. Same people, and it's, you know, and everybody's kosher with each other. It's not like pushing and shoving. You know, like a t- two, you know, two year old pushing and shoving to get, you know, ah, you know, this and that stuff. So, anyways. Where do you want? <laughs> what do you want me to say? <laughs> well, um... it was so awesome. I just, like I said, it took me back to my. I just. It was so awesome, and it was, and it's different, you know, because now you have Richie and Todd together doing this stuff. That's you know? that's number one question. I, you know, when I asked, you know, John, how the two were going to work out their stuff, and obviously they they got together and worked out their guitar stuff. There's stuff that obviously Todd's going to take lead on while Richie does rhythm, and other songs where Richie's going to take lead when Todd does rhythm, but vocally. I mean, if, if we talk about, you know, gasoline versus water, uh, you know, water being pure, just power, and gasoline having that barbed wire edge to it, they're two very different vocalists. Oh, which, yeah. Um, how did they work together from your perspective just as a music fan? It, it was – I mean, I kept bringing it back. I was so I, – I mean, I'm excited anyways and stuff, but I, I, I was jumping up and down. I was excited. I, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, this is awesome. I mean, I, you know, I just – Man, I want to see it again. <laughs> uh, if it, it, you know, it's Kim's birthday today. If it wasn't Kim's birthday, I'd probably take the four and a half hour drive to Poughkeepsie, New York tonight, because I, I I just loved it. They they worked off each other. All of them did. They're all professional. They are like tight. It sounded so. And I'm telling you, it was loud, but it was awesome. It was just the way. I kind of remember back from the '80s, but your mind is ace. But you have, you know, like I said, you have Tom and and Richie together. You know, and they both, they both fed off each other. And, uh, what they, 
Oh, you want? It, Do you got a set uh, list? Yeah, I want to go through set list. Yeah, because I've only got the one from the first show they did. Ooh, so I don't, I, I I don't know. I took one off they... the stage last night. <laughs> nice. All right, so uh, right, yeah. let's go song by song. What do they open up with? Uh, calling to you. Nice. So that's Todd's power ballad from the '87 album. Oh, I wouldn't even really call it a ballad either. It's like. Well, it's the 707 song that was revamped for. Uh, yeah. I love it. It's just, I, I it's think, just a great uh, song from the mid '80s. You know that yep. sort of style. You know, it was a bit heavy with keyboards on the Comet album, but uh, you know, a great opening track. I, I agree. I actually, I think, I think that should have been one of the singles that came out when that album came out. It was, but it was only issued promotionally as a 12-inch. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, I, I know the whole Ace thing, but I mean, that, I mean, really, that 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 could have been a good rock radio kind of hit in that way because it was '80s, but it wasn't. Over the top 80s. Honestly, know? honestly, I think it would have been a better single and video than either Rock Soldiers or Into the Night, just because it had. Uh, Rock Soldiers though is still awesome. Into the Night. Well, uh, yeah, they're all. The, yeah, they're all. Awesome, they're me, awesome, but they're very niche. You know, yeah. they they appeal more to um, a more narrow audience, like the Kiss fan audience, than a broader yeah. one. Calling to You is more accessible to a wider audience because of the sort of material it's competing against stylistically, and that's just my well. That's opinion. what I mean. If you want to get more on the radio stuff, I, I, I would have yeah. And, and that's, calling to You. That should have been what they. The first one, you know, Rock Soldiers. Second one, Calling to You. Third one, okay, Into the Night if you want. Yep. All right. And next. Just, <laughs> next. Uh, Give it to me anyway. Love it. I, and again, I mean, I'm like, really? <laughs> I mean, I, this is so cool because this is something I never heard live. This, this you is, this you is, didn't. You, so all the time, times in the 90s when Richie was back I, in the band? I don't remember. I've, I mean, wow. not, my brain hasn't gone that bad. <laughs> But I don't ever remember. That, that's a great song. That. And again, I posted up uh, the 1984 ver- uh, you know, demo, which obviously was Richie, and it's got a way better vibe than the one that they recut in 89 that was then left off. Um, Trouble Walking then included on, what was it, Loaded Deck. So, yeah. you know, it's a great song. It's just lets, yeah. it lets. Maybe it did. I don't know. I, I just. It's just so cool. Again, you know it's I mean? one of the earliest of the Frilly's Comet songs. So, you know, that that to me, it, you know, it's a great... You go from Calling to You, which is kind of melodic uh, AOR kind of stuff, into Give It To Me Anyway, which is just sleazy, stonesy, rock and rollsy uh, emperor music. Yeah, that's what I mean. You get the, the, the device on the, uh, the, the two of them. Yeah. You know, like you said, the two different voices, the two different kind of... You know, the two, you know, yeah, Richie's more kind of dark. Yep. You know, his voice is darker, you know, heavier, and it sounds like more raunchy. Yep. not saying that Todd can't be, but it just it's just the way it is. It works, but it works well. Yeah, they, they, they don't need to be. Todd's got power behind his pipes. I mean, he's, yeah. you know, he's still, he's 61 years old. He sounds yeah. and looks fantastic when you compare him with a lot of other vocalists. Obviously, he hasn't had the touring schedule that, you know, like a Coverdale or a Paul Stanley has had. But his voice is just impeccable. But, uh, you know, yeah. and just just to have one little dig at Todd, you know, I loved watching and listening to what was he doing in uh, Miami, Cold Gym. Yep. Kind of struggling with Paul's vocals because obviously he doesn't do it all the time. Um, yeah. No, it was Look It Up. Sorry, not Cold Gym. Um, oh. You know, and that that to me was, you know, really cool to see him taking on a Paul Stanley vocal and just not being completely comfortable with it. But when he does his own stuff. 
boom, he knows exactly where he is. And yeah, it's, it's, it's perfect. It's, it's note perfect well, every time. Yeah. I, I just, you know, so I love it. So uh, the next song was uh, Time Ain't Running Out. Okay, second sighting album track. Yep. So I was thrilled. I mean, when we were talking with John, you know, we were throwing a few kind of songs that we really wanted them to throw in there. Timing Running Out is one. Fallen Angels, another. Um, great song. I just, I mean, I just, the, the back to, you know, you're going from, you know, Richie to, to back to back. You know I mean? I, it's, a, it's a good comment, and I like the second set. I know people kind of give the second, oh, it's more of a, a Todd solo album than it was an Ace Alice solo album. But I, you know what? I've always said that even myself. I've never really wanted Ace to sing a full album. He can't. All the songs. And he, and he can't. I just didn't want it. No. It, it was kind of the special thing of Ace not singing all the songs because when he did sing his songs, they were like special. Yeah. And they always had whoop, and they always had the punch. It always worked good. You know, the yeah. talk to me. You know, the rock shoulders. I mean, it just, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, just I don't know. This way, just think. One of the things about time running out is uh, one thing I do notice from the videos, and I hope better quality does surface, is that the second sighting stuff really does sound different. Now, performed live, it's not a the production on second sighting didn't help the material either, in my opinion. But it sounds better live, and it sounds better with Richie there. You yeah, know, but it, I do I, I I like the CD well, called albums. Excuse me, CD album. I, I loved it anyways. I don't care yeah. either way. I'm not, you, you know, know what I mean. I listen to the album plenty. I'm I'm not ashamed to say I listen to Second Sighting. It's yep. it's good music. So I love it. It's a pure. 80s. It's in the 80s. It's right there in the 80s. That's what it is. That's what it was. Yep. All right. Next song. Into the uh, night. Into the night. Yep. So, you know, it's it's one of those songs that you know they released as you know the single. Who did the vocals on that? Do you remember? Uh. Todd. Todd. Yep. I would have had Richie, I think. But uh, there you go. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, you know, I know they were going to do it because that's one of the songs that, you know, that was the, you know, single and all that stuff. Yeah, and there's no, there's no problem with them doing it without Ace. I mean, that's the, oh. whole, the whole idea. They're celebrating the music of the Comet. And, anyway, it was a cover. It was a Russ Ballard song that he'd already released. In eight, he'd had that out in 84 on his album. So, you know, I, I'm just surprised Todd took that vocal because with it being more of a street song, you know, in, in terms of subject matter, I thought that would have been more in Richie's wheelhouse. So that, that's interesting to know. And, no, that was and, cool. and it's neither. And it's, if I get something wrong, I'm sorry. My, <laughs> just the whirlwind, by the So, but yeah, I was taught that saying it. But you know, it, you know, in listening to them uh, feed off each other and they look at each other, you know, who's who's doing the lead and who's doing. I mean, it, it works so well. I mean, they they looking at each other. Go, yep, 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 yep. And it, you know, and they're so close. This is this is not like, this is not like they're like 50 feet away from me. I mean, we were literally, my stage was only like up to my, halfway to my calf, you know, literally. And I mean, and Richie and, I mean, it would just like walk right up to you and you're like, I mean, literally in my face, you know, Richie almost hit me in the, with the, the guitar about 10 times. I mean, that's how close he was. He coming up and I just so cool, man. I mean, you're talking people, just, you know, instead of being on this huge, huge stage, which, you know, I mean, every band wants to be in front of huge crowds. There's no doubt about it because, you know, you make more money and stuff. But, I mean, it's just, just so awesome. <laughs> I just I, – that's all I can say. It's just so awesome. So, anyways, one of my favorite tunes from back in the day, Lost in Limbo. And I had always wanted them to play Lost in Limbo. 
And one time I saw them do it back in the day with Ace, and he was late. He had showed up about two hours late, drunk it in a skunk. The place was packed. And he basically, when he first started, he plugged in, started playing, and he playing. And when he did it, and then when he's playing, lost a little because I love the solo off that. He basically was stumbling back, hit the amps, and the amps started shaking. And the rest of the guys started looking, going, oh, my God. And the captain ran over and grabbed the captain, and then he grabbed him. To, and, and that was the only one time I think I've ever heard Lost in Limbo, and I wanted to hear Lost in Limbo so bad, and it was so awesome. And they played Lost in Limbo last night. I was losing my mind. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Ah, ah. And Kim's looking, what are you doing? I'm like, you're losing my mind. <laughs> yeah, that whole, that whole Trouble Walking album, though, you know. Oh, yeah, and when they first came out, they came on stage, Richie comes right out, because we're more on the Richie side, we just happen to be on that side a little bit more, and Richie looks at me, because I had my Trouble Walking shirt off, the back of the white one, and he's like, looks at me, goes, nice shirt, right away, point, point out the shirt right away. Awesome. I'm like, thank you, because uh, there's a little, there's a thing, uh, you showed on my Facebook, there's a picture of me wearing that white shirt, because uh, I went to an expo back in the day, somewhere in the early 90s, and they were there, and... Uh, I went like this, and, and uh, John nixed me with a thing because they had, you know, wrote on the back. They signed the back of the white T-shirt. I went <gasps> like that's a joke. And I said last night, I says, man, look, it still fits. I put it on. It still fits. I wonder if I can get it. So I kind of recreated it last night again. <laughs> that's excellent. <laughs> show, show John the picture. We can talk about that stuff later. But it's like, and then, of course, uh, you know, a, 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 a always playing Too Young to Die, you know, a Richie, you know. Richie passed, you know, that's always been too young to die. That's it, you know? And that's always been in the thing since, what, how long? Since Richie's been in the band, right? Yep. Since that album's come out, it's yep. always been a, it's always been like Richie's uh, go-to song on... It's, yeah. it, it's totally Richie's song, you know? It, so, yep, yep. And, of course, the, the you know, the, uh, the shout-out to, uh, you know, Erica, which they did last night, the shout-out to Erica, of course. They always, oh, no, I, no, I'm sorry. I've got the wrong song, but yeah, never mind. Uh, he's going to punch me now. It's actually Breakout that he does that, you know. Sorry. It, punch it, me now. Yeah, it usually <laughs> is Breakout, but you know what? Yeah. Ace but and Richie have always, been, they've always yeah. been respectful of Eric Carr, which is nice. Right. You know, where we just talked about Madison Square Garden and not even a mention of anyone. You know, Ace has always, you know, kept Eric's name out there, which, you know, I respect him for no matter what. So the next song, it's uh, it's over now. <laughs> so you know that was uh, Todd's uh, you know singing thing and all that. You know that was kind of you know that's the eighties. You know it's the, it, it is. You it's know the whole eighties thing. But I think know? I but think it works Todd, good live. That one on. works to me. That one really works better live because it gives more a little bit better, more of a punch. Yeah, it's way better live. But I think it's also a song that Todd absolutely adores. So I would not, have, yeah. I would not have gone to a Return of the Comet show and not expected to hear it. Oh yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. It's it's a little bit soft for me, but it does sound better live, and it's a beautifully crafted piece of music. Yeah, and, and I and I kind of figured that was going to be playing anyways. When you see the keyboards up there, you're like, okay, it's going to be cool. Uh, I love it though because when are you going to get a chance to hear these songs? That's the, that's the whole point of this exercise. It's like you're going to hear the guys who were involved in the creation of this music playing the music for you on stage. What else could you want? I don't know. That's why I said I, I, I kind of lost for words in ways because it was so good and so much fun because it was just plain ahead straight rock. It was no, you know, no bombs, no fire, just just straight ahead. Here we are. Here's the stage. Here's the drums. Here's the stuff. 
Here's some amps. We're ready to go. And, We're going to be And, and while this is the wrong the wrong song to mention for Charlie Farron, since it was Ralph Mormon on it, just let the music do the talking, you know. Yeah. Well, they, they would do some talking between some of the songs and say, how, how did this song come about? You know, this and that. Some of them I can't remember on some of them, what they were talking about. Well, this one didn't get on this album, got cut off, but this is, we're going to play it anyways and stuff like that. So they were, you know, kind of like joking back and forth a little bit. But most of the time it was, here we go, straight ahead. No, no, no BS. Let's do this, you know, which is, which is awesome. And I said it was loud, but it was good loud. You know what I mean? It, it just, I mean, anybody who's in this age group that saw them or into that in the 80s, last 80s and, Early 90s when the grunge shit came out, you know, this did you. This is what you had, you know, and this is awesome, you know. So this is that's what it is. So I was taken back by the next one because I had no idea, and I didn't cheat. I didn't look at any set list. I didn't, you know, bother because I'm like, man, I just want to go into this like the old days, not knowing what what's going to happen. So, you know, when I was talking to people, they're like, yeah, you should see the set. I'm like, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. You know, and even I could see the set list when they were playing. I didn't even like look down. I try not to look down as much as good because I I didn't want to know. I just really just want to. But uh, the next one is uh, words are not enough. Which just blows and, my mind that they put it, and I'm so happy that they did. It was so cool because I'm like, oh my god. And, and my friend Dean goes, "What is the song?" I'm like, "It's words not enough." He's like, "What is?" It? I go, "It's a song they've never played live before." So you're basically catching this for the first time live. Yep. He's I, I I enjoyed it. It's awesome. I just enjoyed it. it I, I just. First time ever hearing it, and that's that's this is this is the stuff you want. That's you know, this it, that's exactly what I was looking forward to. You know, we talked about certain old songs. You know, the ones that never made the albums after Richie left in '84, or actually left in '85, I think. Um, but I don't think words are not. I'll have to go back and maybe watch that John Reagan issue uh, episode again and see if we even mentioned that one because it's such a stunning. Again, it's in the same class as Calling to You. It's a very high quality um, song, perfectly crafted, and it fits right into the era in which it was released. I mean, obviously it came out as the 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 studio track on Live Plus One, but you know it had been demoed in '84 as well, so it dates from Richie's era regardless of whether he played on it. So, great stuff. Yeah. I'm very excited. I just, yeah, oh yeah, that, this is, I'm like, it's not the same, same old sets you saw. You know, it's not the same thing. And I'm yeah. like, this is cool. You know, I mean, this is this is just off the hook. I love this. Now, the next song is, is another song that I've always loved. And, and, and I can, it's one of those songs that just, something moved. I just love that song. I've always loved that song. Just got something about it. It's one of one of those favorites off the in those days, and it still is. It's still, it's still got that punch to it. You know, it's still got that groove to it. To me, it does. I love it. Yeah, that's. I haven't heard that one from this recent performances yet, and uh, never been one of my favorite songs. But I'm looking forward to hearing, uh, you know, oh, really? a, a current, you know, powerful recording of it just to see if that changes my opinion. I, I'm always I just, I'm always open minded about stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm never gonna. Oh, they get- it's the guitar thing when they switching off on the guitars, the switching back and forth, stuff like that. I just, I, I, it's always been. I always loved that song. And cool. I, it just, it just got that rhythm to it. I just love it, you know. So the next song is Animal. Yeah, Richie. Yeah, another, another, just kind of like you know, like I said, he's got that, you know, the the deep, you know, 
Well, you, everyone knew this was going to be. This is probably the one song everyone knew would, was definitely going to be in the set. The guys re-recorded it in '97 for the return of the Comet tribute, so that yeah. that song has a life of its own. And it's you know just the chance to hear and see Richie do that live is with Todd as well. I mean, come on, that's awesome. I mean, that's what yeah. this is all about. Todd Howarth and Richie Scarlett on stage together, singing and performing "Animal." It's just beyond awesome. Yeah, another one I've never heard live either. So, I mean, this is so cool about how they're doing this, you know, and stuff like that. So, I mean, I like how they're, you know, playing stuff you never heard before. So, yeah. so the next one is uh, I, in one of my another all-time that I can never get sick is Shot Full of Rock. I love it. I absolutely love that I, song. Just, I love it. I, I'm, I just – another one of those ones, you know, going nuts about it. It's, I mean, it's, it's just got that punch to it. You know, and it's still, it could still survive now. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. If they released that now, that song now you can release now, it would still hold. It, it can still got still got a hold. You know, it it's, wouldn't be something like For me, it's, 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 it's timeless. Yeah, it's it just is, a it's great, like a, great hard rock music. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's, it's got that, you know, it could still hold up today's with today's music, without a doubt. I love that. And then, uh, Dave, you went to uh, a drum solo. And that is, of course, the powerful. Steve Budgie Warner, great drummer. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely talented. Very, very, very talented. And it wasn't like a like a super super long one, so it wasn't like a twenty minute, twenty five minutes. So people were like, oh, you know, so they get after a while, they go, okay, okay, it's probably a good uh, maybe five minutes or something like that, or I, I don't know, I didn't time it, but it, to the point, to the punch, let's go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and when they did a drum solo. After they like coming into the drum solo, the guys came out and they went right into the medley. So, which is cool, and the medley started off with Rock Soldiers. Yep. And first thing, uh, John Reed said, "Any Rock Soldiers out here?" And of course, the crowd goes bananas every time you hear Rock Soldiers. So they started playing Rock Soldiers as a medley, and then they went into uh, uh, I gotta pay, uh, uh, Rock to be rocked. Rock or be rocked. That's yeah, a, that's an '84 demo. Yeah, and then they did one more, and I'm going to punch myself because I can't remember. That's bad. Now I'm losing my brain. You got it up there? Do you see it? No, I've got the set list that only says uh, Was it Give It To Me Anyway? Uh, uh, oh, no, you already have that. Yeah. I'm sorry. You can shoot me. <laughs> no, you, you can conti- you can continue on. There, and then, I, um, I don't remember what it was off the top oh, of my head, but I will. Said, That's bad. I'm going to go on the on the FAQ. Yeah, I sorry everybody. <laughs> Probably should have wrote it in pencil this before we started this because this is really live. <laughs> so uh, uh, after that, we got your rock. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think that's what it was. We got your rock, and then in the middle of that, they did mostly we got your rock, and then at the then they switched it back right back to the end of Rock Soldiers. Nice. Yeah, it was uh, We Got Your Rock, according yeah. to the video from the first show. So. And I love that song, too, so I'm like, oh, i got to forget that. Durr. Uh, so anyways, after that, they went into Do Ya. Yeah. You know, the E-L- E-L cover. Who sang uh, that? Oh, my God. You see, you're going to kill me. Uh, <laughs> was it Richie? Now I, see, now I'm going to guess myself. No, it had to be Todd. I'm sorry. It could be either of them. They could both t- nail it. So, I uh, know. I think. I think it was Todd. I think it was Todd. Sorry. Yeah, because yeah. if uh, Rocker Be Rocked was probably Richie, wasn't it? Be, 
because that's that's a hardcore i mean i love that song that's one of the few a songs that there's actually naughty words in um <laughs> so i would have thought that richie would be singing probably that, and then yeah. we got your rock i would I don't know. I don't. I don't it doesn't matter. Get, now, now I'm going to get yelled at. We're both going to get yelled at. Oh, you're going to lose your really comic card. Nah, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. A comic card. It does not funny. matter. I so, know, I know. Do you, obviously, was... Uh, do you, do you, it's been... It was, the one, it was the one single from Trouble Walking, so why not? Yep. Yeah, you know, they didn't, you know, and great, they didn't after great, that. Great song by The Move. Yeah, I guess. I mean... You know, it's the single. It's the one that Kim actually knew. She's one of the ones she, she actually knew that so night. So she made it she all the way through this set, and then finally, song number like, fifteen. Oh, I know that. I know that song. <laughs> um, That's funny. Uh, so the next song was uh, uh, "Breakout." Yeah. Now this is where it gets interesting because they both said, "Hey, you know, when they hear breakout, because they both did breakout." You know, back in the days when you know. Yeah, Richie, so they, Richie they would, wrote it. So they were having a discussion on stage. Well, who's gonna who's gonna sing it? Well, we fight about who's gonna sing it, and then they're like joking about it. And then he goes, "Well, talking sing because you know," and then Reggie, because you know, I can play guitar just a little bit. You know, it, it was kind of like the joke, and everybody's laughing and stuff. So basically, what they did is they each took verses. Nice. And, I, and it worked out pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's yep. the, that's a great way to approach a song that both of them, you know, Todd yeah. obviously owned that song on the album, Richie co-wrote it and owned it on the demo. So, you know, how else how else do you do it? You share it. And Yeah, they did. It was and it worked out well. They were back and forth, back and forth, right? Nice to have a little cool. stage banter as well to intro yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, it was funny. That's cool. Yeah, it was kind of funny. And then uh, after that, they wanted to remember me. Yep, another leftover from '84 that came back. And when did they record that one? That was on. Uh, was that on Trouble Walking? Finally, I think. I don't see. Now you're getting me. You're, you're killing me. You're killing each other. <laughs> I uh, again. It, there's so many songs in this Kiss and Related catalog. I know. People yell at us and yell at me. Oh my God! I can't remember. You can't remember yell that. Yellow Way. Can't remember that. Um, but cool song. That was yep. uh, Carter Cathcart, I think. The guy in the Laughing Dogs wrote that. So. So then, so then the last song I think, and Kim knew this one too, and she's like, "Andy, you're probably not gonna like this." And I says, "Oh," she goes, "Yeah, a lot of people record this kind of stuff." I'm like, "Oh, don't tell me Beatles, right?" <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, you know, I know people are like, "Oh my God, you don't like the Beatles?" I never understood the Beatles. I just never got it. I, I just people t- people always say, "Oh, kiss oh, the same words every time. Lick it up, lick it up." How many Beatles songs do they repeat the word over and over and over again? You know, and so I, I just—it's not my generation. It's not my thing. I never understood the Beatles, so that's just the way it is. But anyways, uh, they, they played uh, "Help Me," you know, "Help from My Friends," which they said it. I mean, I don't understand. I don't understand why they did it. My personally, myself, but the guy said it was personal for them. There were reasons why they did. Go help me for my friends. I don't understand, but they, there must be something personal with them. Maybe, you know, I, those guys are older, so they're probably Beatles fans anyways, but uh, there could be more deeper things about it. I don't know. But uh, uh, Kim's like, yeah, I know this song. And then it's just from the Beatles. But I was thinking, man, it's going to be Beatles. Uh-uh. Nope. Richie sang it, and it was no Beatles sounding. <laughs> it was been like Joe Cocker was, sounding. I turn around, I look at Kim. Kim's like, I look at Kim, I'm like, he sounds exactly like Joe Cochran doing this song. And she goes, yep. 
<laughs> she wasn't happy about it, how it changed, but I'm like, I, I actually, I was, and Richie was really into it, and it was fun. Um, man, let's let's put it this way: Richie is the Paul Stanley of of the band, really. You know, moving around, dancing around, making little things, doing little. You know, he had the microphone. You'll see, he had the regular microphones, but then he had one with a little little stand, and he kept moving and shaking back and forth. And he grab it, and he and he's doing little like little things. And he take the guitar off, and he like hang it, and he like and do all these crazy things. And even at the end of the show, he turns around, and my buddy Dan, he's standing, and he like like in front of him because actually I introduced him, you know, to the guy, you know, like to the band, and he became a Richie fan. He's like, wow. Richie turns around and says, here, gives him he gives him Dan the guitar, and Dan's just like. At the end of the show, basically hands him over his guitar. So here's my buddy Good Dan holding his guitar, going, "Did he just give me this, or is this kind of a joke?" <laughs> and at the end, he's like, "He's like, here, Rich, here." And Richie's like, "Thank you." <laughs> Gave it back to him. You know, what I mean, he had the whole guitar in his hands. You know, it's pretty funny. So, but uh, I love that. Was that Richie's silver and black Les Paul? Uh, if, if it had if it had been and it had been handed to me, I would have been out the door sharp. I love that guitar. I don't think you're gonna get too far. He had two of them. <laughs> one, one, one of them is, is the, the greenish one, and the one's the black one. Oh, uh, you know, Richie's a showman. There. Yeah, you know, I mean, and, uh, and some people I, hate on him because of how his, he is on stage, but that's what I like about him because he's into the moments. He is just, you know, people make fun of Yannick Garris and Maiden dancing and, and twirling on stage. So what? These guys love the music. If they're in there and in the zone, and that's just how their music comes out physically cool because it's great to see them enjoying it and music doing that to them and that's why i've, I've liked richie i love his voice i love his stage attitude i love the yeah. material that he's brought to the band and you know i own his solo cds as well so you know i'm not, it's not taking away from todd no i, no. I own todd's John, solo John's, cds too so yeah. totally well, I mean, different todd, ca- about todd you know moving around and stuff like that and you know i mean saying saying stuff like that but richie's is really you know, really into it. Like, like he, I mean, he's doing like a lot of like extra stuff. You know, and, and John's always been kind of, you know, he John does his part, and you know, but you know, he kind of stays more in the background. Yeah, John. John's have. like a Cliff Williams, you know, solidly in the back, providing the backbeat. He knows yeah. he's not going to hit a bum note all night, John Regan. Um, yeah. He is just solid, reliable oak tree. He is there. Oak is the best wood for a reason, and that is what John Reagan is on bass. With, and with uh, Budgie on drums, you've got that backbeat that is 100% reliable on time. You let your front men, and that's Richie and Todd, have the freedom to do their thing. Todd is still a great performer, and while he doesn't move like Richie, they are different performers. And Todd's, yeah, and it's fine. Todd's is equally fun to watch and listen to as Richie, in my opinion. They're just different. They're just because yeah, they Todd do different has fun things. too. It's just a different kind of, you yeah. know, it's almost, you know, apples and oranges, but it's a different apples and oranges, and it's fine. We're not we're, I, like we're not said, weighing one against the other. No, no, that's what I'm trying. But they they they. They all work together, and they look like they're having fun. And from my understand, they are having fun. Yeah, they're, they're they're just doing this. I mean, literally, there there are rockers who are their age that don't do this stuff anymore at all. There's there's no, I don't know, people. You know, let's face it. There there are people who are from those 80s and early 90s. They're gone. They're not around anymore. Mm-hmm. 
totally gone. And these guys can still do this stuff, which is awesome. You know, even Charlie Charlie Ferenc said different from you know said the same thing. He goes, you know, I. I was in a rock band in Fahrenheit. I did, I did, you know, the Joe Perry thing. Then I got out of this because I met somebody. I got married. I had three kids. And he says, I don't know if I can survive on this. So he went to digital, worked at this and this and that. He worked all this. He's all these big things. And then he retired from there, whatever. And now he's like, hey, and now I'm back into this, doing this for fun. Because I can now, you know. It's, and he it's goes, been the, it's been the same with Punky Meadows. He goes, back. I'm old. He goes, like, I'm old, but I, I'm enjoying be able to do. I'm able to do this in front of you people. You know, not knowing that I could do this in front of people because people would want to see me. Yeah. That's the thing, you know. And, and I'm glad that these guys can still do this, still do this stuff. You know, it just, you know, it just blows my mind. You know, this, this is like 80s, 80s, 90s, 2000. You're talking almost 30 years, 30 years now, 30 years, 30 years, and they're still, you know, they still can play and they can still do it, and there's still some kind of audience to see them. You know, I hope it gets bigger. You know what I mean? I hope they can keep going. And, you know, I hope they record an album. Oh, hell I yeah. Hope they, I hope they can, and there's no doubt that these guys can. There's no doubt they can't put something together. Oh, I just wish, you know, if Ace is going to do anything with all those old demos, these guys have a right to do something with those old demos and go into the studio. They've already recut Animal. I, th- I think there's another one. Um, I, I can't remember. One even was, do new well, songs. Don't even yeah, but, they can get you know, rid of the do, other if they Do can. half and half. Do half of the unused huh. and half of the new and just see, you know, see where it goes. You know, I'd love to see Todd and Richie writing together. And see yeah, where, and could. see where that goes because and John and everything else. I mean, it could have. I mean, I hope so. That'd be kind of cool. This is a very special time to be a music fan. You, we've got Kiss on the End of the Road tour. <laughs> we've got the Return of the Comet coming out and filling a void. We've got Ace working on Origins Volume Two and a, and a new studio and he's touring. album. And he's touring and he's doing shows with Angel and Stars. I mean, come on, two bands from the 70s that never really made it. I mean, I was watching Matt Porter's feed the other night when Angel was playing. I was like, holy crap. I mean, this is a band that broke up 39 years ago. And here they are again. Punky came out of, you know, essentially retirement. He retired from his his day job, which he'd done after the band, uh, the music scene had failed, and is now back playing music. He And he sounds absolutely incredible. And to see stars, I mean, a lot of current music fans will never have heard of stars and they had three extremely good albums in the 70s fourth was eh. but um you know again it's about the music it's about the joy it's about the look on your face when they do a song you know lost in limbo or, or something and these are the guys who originally wrote it and they're still up there and they're playing to an audience of whatever size you know obviously we always hope that they'll you know be able to make good money out of the endeavor but in terms of performing those guys are getting to perform it to people who really appreciate it because they're the ones who bought tickets to go no matter how many they are they know that those people are the diehards the ones who are going to appreciate every single song. And the same goes for Angel. The same goes for, you know, any of the bands from that era that still have enough members to be able to get up on stage and play that music. If You you know, that's what it's about. Music. Making music. Yeah. Performing yeah. music. And yeah. these guys have rehearsed the hell out of it. And that's a, that's a big difference that they come out. And again, uh, I've only watched the YouTube clips that are available, but I am impressed after talking to John before this had even come to the stage of a single rehearsal. I'm impressed with how good they sound, how good they've leveraged the strengths of both Todd and Richie 
and how they picked a set that I don't have a single criticism over. I, they didn't end with rock and roll all night. We're good. <laughs> well, he's all right now. Now, now, now I'm going to get into my complaints. Okay. okay my own. Uh, right. just, just, and they're not bad complaints. That's the funniest thing about this, because uh, you know my complaint is I wish they played insane. Well, yeah. There's always room for more. And that's another thing. I, I wish, you know, like everything else we go to see, I want more. Mm-hmm. I want more. I wanted more. I didn't want it to end. They could have played, you know, I mean, we say that, yeah, I want to hear 10 more songs. I, I just, just wish it didn't end, period. So that that's my biggest basic complaint of the whole night is I just wanted more. That's it. <laughs> there was nothing. There was nothing more to say to that. I just wanted more. You yeah. know, and I hope they and I hope they. I hope they keep changing, you know, a couple things up here and there, or maybe they add more at, at times. And I hope, um, hope I'm lucky enough to see them again if they come around to an area that I can get to. Or so I would love to see that, you know. And Dave, uh, that's my only complaint. It's not even really a complaint because you know you want that for every band you go to see. So now I, I got to give these guys a shout out for now, and not only just because it was so awesome. But here's the next shout-out shout out I'm going to give to these guys is that they are so humble. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the way things going nowadays with meet and greets and the money these people can make and all this stuff. So what do these guys do? Say over the microphones, everything. A free meet and greet after the show. We'll sign whatever, and we'll take pictures with you guys at no charge. You know what I mean? Seriously. The day how these the days are going with meet and greets, right? Am I right? I mean, they could they could charge money to for a meet and greet, and people would still do it. But what do these guys say? No, nah, hey, we're, we're going to do this. We'll come out here, and basically after the show, uh, people stood in line at a table, and uh, they you know waited about maybe like ten minutes for them, which was cool too, right? So it wasn't like they made you wait for an hour or two and then come out. And is it? no, came out like ten minutes later, and then people brought. And it's, seriously, they had I don't know I know you might have seen them, but. Uh, they had printed out cards, and they look like this. Um, I'll try to leave it. It says, return a comment. They're like, it's paper, but it's a little thicker. And it said, draw on the table. It said, free, just grab one, and we'll sign them. You know, to you, to you, which is, you know, That's, that's awesome, really right? nice. I mean, and, and, that's and, and, awesome. And, 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 yeah, and then if you had albums and, and pictures, whatever, uh, I had a picture. Just I just thought, Richie thought this was amazing. I had a picture, and I had it. It's laminated, but it's a Richie was like floored by his own picture of himself from another show. He was just like totally floored by it, you know. And of course, uh, you know they remember me from last year, you know, helping him bring him down to you know the party, you know, probably, probably, you know, well Richie wasn't there, but the FX somebody does Richie remembers me from a lot before. And uh, I got to give a, sh- a shout out to uh, Richard Gordon from Maine. No, because you know the band has been out, so there's really no products of them. But uh, Richie, uh, Richie, geez, Richard Gordon from Maine made this super like awesome poster. I mean, I'm gonna try to because it says "Return on a Common." He did all the thing, and he's had all the guys. Nice. Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, and I saw him. He's like, "Hey, Andy, what's going on?" I'm like, "Hey, what's going on?" He's like, "He's like, well, I, you know, everybody talks. Would you bring the sign?" He's like, "Oh, I made these posters, right?" I'm like, "No way, that's cool." And he's like, "Hey, you want one?" I'm like, "Really?" So, you know, Richard, I owe you, you know, I got some stuff for you. And you left. I, I owe you a couple things and you left. <laughs> uh, we'll catch up, though. We'll catch up. And, and they signed and then they took pictures, you know, you, you know, behind you go behind. He took pictures. I mean, the guys are so grateful, humble. I mean, just awesome. So it is just really, really cool. And I'm going to give a shout out to all the people that were there. 
that were very like respectful. Like they had some things they had to sign, but they, you know, people, there wasn't like security, like pushing to, Hey, come on, come on. Like cattle. It, it was really kind of casual. You know, they talk to you, say hi, sign the stuff. And then you just kind of moved out yourself. It, it was, it, it was fine. It was awesome. Just totally, totally awesome. Can't thank the guys enough. And I, like I said, I hope that they come around again and they do more stuff. So if you get a chance to see them, if you're in your area, go see them. I'm serious. Go see the guys. It's awesome. Brilliant. It's wicked awesome. <laughs> well, thanks thanks a lot and for I, the review because, I, I, you know, it's important that people do get to hear from a fan what it was rather than someone, you know, I could easily type up a review or a report from a show that I wasn't at, but this is someone who was at, and there's the joy, the passion, the enjoyment, um, oh. and, and everything else on the side that you just wouldn't get by watching a YouTube video. So, Andy, thank you so much for sharing that, you know, and, and the other stuff from New York with us. But let's, um, you know, before we wrap up, you went shopping this morning, did you? Oh yeah, today today is. I mean, it's like feast of famine. Like this last couple of weeks. Uh, today is, is uh, record store today day. Today is, you know, it is. It's officially April thirteenth. Hi Kim, I know she's working. Happy birthday! I'll just give her a shout. It's birthday today too. Is that? Uh, yep. Today is record store day. And guess what came out today? Stuff that mm, stuff see. that'll be listed on eBay within minutes uh, by, by a lot yeah. of people because every time yeah. I've gone down to Amoeba on Record Store Day, everything's gone. So I don't even bother anymore because uh. I, I, there's always someone willing to gouge you on eBay. They just don't limit these things uh, at the places I go. They don't let. Actually, they did. They did. Is a is a is a place. It's called That's Entertainment where I live, which I didn't even know. Uh, another friend of mine. She actually said, "Hey, Andy, man." She goes, "I called the place and, and she had pre-ordered hers." Which I thought was weird. How can you call a record day if you don't go down to a record store and buy something? You actually get it in the mail. How does that work out? I don't know. That's the way. I guess that's the way things are nowadays. But I'm like, man, I got to do it the old-fashioned way. I'm gonna go down the damn place and see if they have one. Well, guess what? It's record day and da 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 da. Beautiful, Mr. Ace. Really, uh, you know, I got um, it's it's uh, and a guy that was there. 2100 copies of this it's the uh the spaceman returns record store day limited edition picture disc plus an 8 18 by 24 poster so it's uh from what i got it was uh 27.99 which means so, in san francisco that's going to be 39.98 if i go down to amoeba and they still have any because what I've found for our local ones is there's still a lot of record store sale uh, stuff from previous years for sale, and it's all at a horrendous markup. So I'll have to try. Oh, and get really? It. That, I love that cover, and I did buy one of the LPs that had had that cover, but it, it got um, a seam split in shipping, which really sucks. But nothing you can do on it. So I want the picture disc, and hopefully it'll be in better uh, better shape. They they had two, but the guy's like, well, yeah, I really, sh- I'm not really supposed to be selling two. And I'm like, well, I'm not. Cool. I'm, no. I'm glad that they do that because I yeah. wish. Well, this guy did. I'm like, well, I'm not, I wasn't. You know, I'm not. I'm not. I don't do that. You know, I was gonna. You know, some of you said, hey, man, I really wanted those. You know, you know how I how I am. Be like, hey, just just enough to pay for. You know what I paid for, and if I gotta <laughs> ship it, that's it. I, I you know, I'm not a gouger. Yeah, that's t- that's t- not t- my t- style. I, and I always make sure I give it to somebody that I know that's not gonna do that. You know, that's another thing too. That's why I've always done the all the you know my whole life you know I'm just not that way I'm not an eBayer I don't I don't go sell stuff I I mean yes I sold some stuff late on if you see my Facebook I had some like doubles and triples mm-hmm. 
stuff i kind of got you know i'm getting married so you know a couple extra bucks to pay yeah, for, you know, there, there's a difference cake, i'm i'm one of those bye, people bye. who would buy two and put one up on ebay I, I, hands up i'm one of them but uh, <laughs> when it when it when i want something it's a different they're ebay scum but when i do it i'm totally i could justify oh, okay, yeah but okay, okay. I'm a complete hypocrite um yeah okay then you can't say nothing then but you know, I, I sold some stuff recently, got a double, triple. But people are like, oh my god, Andy, that's like cheap. I'm like, well, I'm just, you know, you're a fan, you want it. I'm gonna just, you know, I mean, it's not, not like it's not 70 stuff, and it's not, you know, I got doubles and triples. After a while, what am I gonna do with XMI? I mean, I got stuff, but I mean, you know, what it, it is, what it is. But oh, anyways, you know, I it's 2019, and I actually went to a store. It wasn't, it's not even a record store. It's like a hobby store, really. And the guy only had like two boxes of records. That's it. And it was, you know, two of these in there. Yep. And he took one of them out. He's like, because I was I basically I was first in line. And I left. I went did some stuff. I came back and there's a guy, the guy in front of me. He's like, what do you want? And I'm like, what do you want? He's like, I want this record and this record. And I'm like, well, I don't want what you want, so it's good. <laughs> we kind of laughed at each other, you know, because people go as soon as they open the doors, you're talking to everybody. You open the doors and everybody just ah, you know, yep. going there. And the guy who opened the store goes, what do, you, what do you guys want? The guy's like, dit, 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 dit. He goes, like oh, don't worry about it. You guys will get them. I'll pull them. You guys are standing here. You guys have been standing here for, what, a half hour, 45 minutes? Don't worry about it. I'll pull them. You guys got them. You know what I mean? I mean, that's the way it should be. Where they are first in line, should you get them. Mm-hmm. You know? But like I said, I was going to get the second one in case somebody really missed out that really wants it. I know as a fan because there's only the ace really because the other guy looked it up. The guy looked it up. There's only 2,100, 2100 copies made of this. So crazy. It's cool stuff. That's that's a yeah, nice way. To, that's a nice and, way to uh, wrap up as well. In case, uh, did you want to talk about one little other subject? Vinny, I don't want to talk about Vinny. Okay, um, you, I, you I, I'm going to. But I, I don't really care. Yeah, I mentioned it. Um, obviously, right now there is apparently an announced uh, full shred, full shred yeah. show in Nashville on June the seventh. However, Vinny is also scheduled to be at Days of the Dead in Las Vegas on the weekend of June the seventh. Um, I've heard a few people suggest that one or the other may be a hoax. So everyone, hold your horses. Um, whatever the case of any, I wish you the best. I'm going to shoot an email over to his lawyer and try and find out what the real case is. Because um, if there is any hoax about performing live or Days of the Dead, you don't want people getting all uh, uptight and angry if there's nothing to get uptight and angry about. So I would just say for anyone reading that news, about these events um you know obviously the the show in vegas was advertised on vinnie's website so that's one thing but i I would still rather get confirmation of all this information from someone uh, i trust to be perfectly honest and uh my my thing is just buyer beware yeah, and, and you know, I'm, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not taking news out of a Facebook group that's secret. You know, it, that's just bullshit. I mean, either it, either it's a press release for everyone, or not to some 116 psycho minions. So you know, I want real news. And again, buyer beware. That's and, all you can say is buyer beware. I mean, it's I, your, it's I, your and, money, it's your thing. If you do it, then you can't complain. This is this is what I just. Did. My only thing is buyer beware. But the other thing is. Man, if you've been burnt and then you get burnt again and you're burnt again, if you if you pony up money and you get burnt, you, you can't go online and complain. Oh man, I got burnt again, I burnt again, I burnt again. Stop doing it. 
just don't do it. I mean, that's it. So any any story with him, just buyer beware. That's that's all I gotta say. Just I, 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 I hey, I hope it all happens if and he, it all he, goes well. That's I, what I'm saying. If the guy does it, he does it. That that's that's, the, that's my only hope. I have no other hopes. I just hope that he's happy. Number one, and anything that he announces comes to fruition and goes well for him. And that, I'll leave it there. But I still want to get confirmation out of uh, you know which event is real. Are they real? Um, you know, it just seems a very odd way to do business. This kind of announcing things just to 115 people, um, and everyone else is banned from it. Well, of course, people, other people are going to hear, uh, which always raises the question of the veracity of the original, you know, notifications when they're coming from such a dubious source as uh, someone as a Facebook group that bans everyone. Um, it's just weird. It's just odd. And again. I, I wish Vinny nothing but the best, but I've been burned with Memphis. I'm not going. Um, I, I have zero interest if speed if he's going to be performing speedball speedball jam. Fuck that! I have no interest. Have you listened to that CD? Zero I, interest. Just, I again, yeah, I, I am a proponent for the acoustic. Play little bits and pieces of songs and talk. Vinny talks and tells great stories, and I don't care if he's saving them for a book. Just do that. It's easier. Pay, play half of a song, a bit of a song, then talk about what it means. For speedball jam, that's noodling. I can sit in my with my guitar on and do that for myself. Um, you know, I can do 160 notes a second. But the thing is, I give. I still, even though what happened, and most people know what happened, or there's a lot more in the dark side that you know I'm not ever going to get into all the way gonna play a higher road about that all that but i still give Vinny the respect for what he did mm-hmm. you know the songs that he wrote for kiss his time and look it up and playing on the creature store and doing a look it up uh give him respect for that there's no doubt about it but and, all, just, and all systems go which is beautiful love that album. Yeah. and but uh other than that i'm just gonna just i'm staying away i just Nope, I've had my deal. I had my stuff. I'm good. Well, you're, you you nope. you have to Burn. remember, Andy. You're not a normal fan when it comes to talking there about I am. Vinny. No, you're not because <laughs> you you have had a different experience with Vinny directly. Uh, that I color know, but... that colors everything. And again, we don't want those details. I don't. Ignorance is bliss in this yeah. case. Um, so you know, yeah. if you go go, I hope it I hope it happens. Hope you enjoy. But again, I if still you do wanna... enjoy. If it happens, enjoy. Like you like you saying, enjoy it. Uh, just it's a buyer beware. You got to be buyer beware, and yeah, I'm not even discourage people about it. I can be like, just don't do it, don't do it. I mean, just buyer beware. But don't, the same buyer beware. Don't complain and complain if you, you don't get what you we paid for. I mean, you can complain, but if you've already gotten burnt once or twice, you know, every oh, the third time's a charm. Third time's a charm for what? Uh, that's it. That's all. I, I don't. I, I don't know even what else to say. <laughs> uh, you know what I'll say? I'll say that's it for today. You know, Andy, thank you very much for joining uh, me to, to recount again. New York, uh, Return you. of the Comet. Oh. This this was all about Return of the Comet, actually. Oh uh, yeah. I, I was dying to talk to you about it. I know we'd uh, spoken several weeks ago when you decided you were going to be going to the show. Uh, but you know, your passion and enjoyment of that show came across, and that's what it's about. And I'm sure John, Todd, Richie, and Steve will you know be very appreciative that you enjoyed that show so much and that we're just, excited enough about this project to do another episode going song by song and talking about the whole event that's what it's about 
Yeah, and I like I said, I if you if you're if they're in your your area somewhere, go see them. Don't 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 hesitate. Just because Ace is not there, don't don't think it's not going to be a great show. It's wrong. It's awesome. Yeah, just think but, of it. Just think of it like the second sighting album. Ace doesn't need to be there. Yeah. Oh, I get it's true. I guess right. Yeah. <laughs> I just it's just awesome. I I can say all I can say is I had a big like this. This is all accounts for me. Big giant smile on my face. That this is right here. This is real. That was awesome. <laughs> that's all, all right. I gotta say. That's all. That and, just that, is off. And that's the end. <laughs> uh, so from Andy, from myself, thanks for joining us, and Thank you, Ray. we'll see Talk you on you the Kiss FAQ podcast <laughs> next time. Bye for now. <laughs> Thank you for spending time listening to the Kiss FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.